Alors bonsoir à tous dans le précieux et le merveilleux nom de notre Seigneur Jésus-Christ. Uh, with a French-speaking Canadian speaker on a Wednesday night and Monsieur Tony Martin on Sunday morning you'll be fluently bilingual in both French and English and having two French Canadians back to back you'll be able to claim that as a special reward for endurance. <laughs> uh, to our dear brother who came from Chicago at 22, um, that's bombing. Because where Monsieur Tony Martin and I live in Canada, uh, he living in the town of Sudbury, Ontario, and my being born in northern Ontario in Kapuskasing, it was minus 27 which explains why we travel uh, to Florida at this time uh, of the year. And for some that I'm meeting for the first time, my name is uh, Louis Voyer. I live in the town of Mississauga, which is a suburb of the city of uh, Toronto. And uh, I am commended, have been for over 35 years, uh, to gospel work, and uh, uh, by Arendale Bible Chapel there in Mississauga. Without further ado, let us look at the Word of God uh, together. I'd like to begin by reading the scriptures in the New Testament, more specifically the first epistle of the Apostle Paul uh, to the Thessalonians. And the first chapter, so First Thessalonians chapter 1. I was told we finish on Wednesday nights at 8 sharp, and uh, I will endeavor uh, to do so. So the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1. Uh, that's okay, dear brother. That usually, if I go overtime, I hear that somebody somebody has been appointed to always have their telephone go. That's okay. Let us begin um, at verse two. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Verse number four, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. 
For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You know, every time I read that portion of God's word, I remember an incident in February 1991. That's a long time ago. Some of you will recall that I labored in the gospel mostly to people in transportation companies across Canada and the United States. And back in February 1991, on a Saturday, I was visiting a railway yard in the city of Augusta, a state being Georgia. I enjoyed visiting railroad yards, you know, on a Saturday morning. It was easier to speak to some of the railroad employees that were there. The managers were not present. Don't misunderstand me. But men felt more at ease to speak with me, not looking over their shoulders so much. But that morning, in that CSX railroad yard, I was surprised I saw the chief superintendent present. Chief superintendents are not usually present on Saturday morning, but there he was, catching up on work, I assume. Needless to say, he was most surprised. What is a Canadian doing in our railroad yard in Augusta, Georgia, in February? You must understand, Canadians travel to Georgia in February not to visit railroad yards. You understand? None of you understand, but I'll continue anyway. And uh, when I told that chief superintendent why I had come to visit their railroad yard to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with the railroad employees there, he immediately changed the conversation. And for 15 minutes, he talked incessantly of railroading. And I sat in the chair in front of his desk like a bobblehead dog, just bobbing my head up and down. He kept talking because he figured if he stopped talking, I would want to talk about things he did not want to hear. After 15 minutes, he did this. Some of you will do this at 8 o'clock, I'm sure. He looked at his watch. He made it very clear to me that my time was finished. But then he asked me a question, most unusual, really. They never ask me this question. Where are you going now? They never ask me that question. Many of the men that I met in many of these transportation facilities couldn't have cared less where I went just as long as I left. And I said, sir, I'm going to Columbia, South Carolina, which is 75 miles. Follow this story. There's a point. 75 miles from Augusta, Georgia. When he heard that I was going to Columbia, 
the chief superintendent said, something's happened. I said, I beg your pardon? He said, yes, there's a man there who works for our railroad company. Something happened to him six months ago. I said, what do you mean, sir? He's not the same man anymore, he said. He doesn't have the same goals and ambitions in life anymore. He doesn't speak like he used to speak before. He's changed. My friends, that chief superintendent, speaking of that individual 75 miles away, did not say that that man became a Christian, but he was, in fact, describing a Christian. Do you not find that amazing? Anybody? Nobody. Okay. (laughs) You will need more French-Canadian speakers, right? Here's a man who's been saved six months previously, and yet his testimony has already traveled 75 miles from Columbia, South Carolina, all the way to Augusta, Georgia. He said, the man's name is Danny Gibbons, so I traveled to Columbia, South Carolina to meet this man whose life had been changed. I was told he was in a meeting. I waited in my car outside a building with no windows. I waited for almost two hours like a detective on a stakeout. And finally, a man left the building to retrieve a map from his car. I walked up to him and I said, could I please speak to Mr. Denny Gibbons, please? Can you please tell him that I'm from Canada and I would like to meet with him? And that man went into that building And unbeknownst to me, I did not hear him. He said, Gibbons, there's a man outside from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and he would like to talk to you. So when Mr. Gibbons came out of that building, he thought I was an RCMP police officer. Do I look like an RCMP police officer to you? I mean... And so when he came out, he looked somber. No wonder. He said, you want to see me, sir? I said, "Uh, yes, Mr. Gibbons. Mr. Gibbons, I've heard something happened in your life six months ago. And a beautiful smile came to his face. He must have wondered to himself, how come they know about that in Canada? And why? Are they sending a Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer to talk to me? Most amusing in retrospect. But I said, I have come, Mr. Gibbons, to encourage your heart that even though you are still young in the Lord Jesus Christ, been born again of his spirit only six months ago. Your testimony has already